today, what we're going to be talking about is how do we live and work in what God has called us to do versus all the good and important things that are needed around us. If this sounds a little different, it's because I'm missing my Australian accent. Just kidding. This is Larissa here today introducing um, our very special guest, Brenda Casey, who is a mother of eight, and we are so excited to have her with us. We are women who have given up on trying to live in perfectionism and guilt. Because let's be honest, it just doesn't work. So we're trying something different and choosing to live intentionally and with hope. Please join us as we attempt to open the conversation and search out answers in a safe place. Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. Good morning. Good morning, Christina. Good morning, Christiana. Good morning, Larissa. Um, Welcome to the Moo Lily Podcast. This is episode 22 and we are starting a new series, Mm, which we'll get into a little bit later. New series. Yes. So good to have you with us. Quick few business things. I love how you look at me and point at me. And the last podcast was even super awkward because you would start the sentence and then I would finish it. It was gold. (laughs) It was so good. What Christina wants me to tell everyone about is that we are sponsored by our friends over at Wooten Media. Yes. Who are great. Check Mm -hmm. them out. And that we um, are on social media, Mm -hmm. which is the devil. But I'm okay (laughs) with it today. Uh, so check us out on Instagram and on Facebook and our website, www.moolily.com. Did I spell that okay? Um, let's try again. M-O-O-L-I-L-Y. Okay. So My, easier than like moo cows? Yes, easier than moo cows. Cow lilies? Cow lilies. <laughs> um, we also want to ask you for your feedback. Yep. If you can go to the website moolily.com and mm-hmm. go to the contact page and just give us some feedback say hey I love listening to this or hey you know would you talk about this topic or whatever it is that's on your heart we really yep. want to get to know our audience get to know the things that are important to you and maybe there's something that we've said that was infuriating <laughs> to you <laughs> something that Christiana said that's what she means <laughs> I always blame Christiana no <laughs> Either of us, both of us, all of this, all the content, you know, maybe there's a thing that you want to share with us. We want to hear that. Yeah, we do. So, yeah. Be in touch. Be in touch with us. So, do you want to talk about this new series? Yeah. So, I listened to a message recently about um, the yellow canary of joy, and it just resounded with my heart and has lingered with me for weeks now. And the concept of uh, of a yellow canary in a mine shaft. For those of you that are not familiar, I'm sure we mostly all are. But when you're working underground and you don't have fresh air, yep. and you have a little canary in a cage, and when it's singing and when it's alive, basically, <laughs> all all things are good. You know, yeah. you can keep working, you can stay there as long as you need to. But when it stops singing, you pay attention, and then if it lays on the ground and dies, <laughs> then you need to get out of the mine shaft because Probably it's like poisonous gases yes. or whatever. So I feel like for many of us as women or as moms, we probably feel a little bit like we're underground. Mm -hmm. We're like constantly busy, busy working, carrying loads for other people, doing things that maybe there's a lot of our schedule and a lot of things that are outside of our control. And we're not sure if the canary's still there. (laughs) We can't (laughs) hear him singing or is he still alive? We need to just stop and check in, check in with the Lord. We talk a lot about... um, 
living out of the presence of the Lord. So like yeah. making decisions or spending time with the Lord before we look at our calendar or being with the presence of the Lord before we go out to do the thing, whatever the thing that the Lord has called you to do. So <clears throat> in that same vein, we want to live out of joy, out of a place yeah. of fullness and not out of fear or striving or how am I going to build the thing and make the thing awesome because we're awesome and we're going to get it done. <laughs> right. Um, so this is what we're going to be talking about over the next three episodes. And we have Brenda Casey with us, who is a mother of eight. I was thinking this morning, you know, like doctors and, you know, people that have PhDs have letters after your name. I think you should have some letters after your name, like Brenda Casey, CD8. <laughs> so like... <laughs> Because that's like an epic qualification uh, for life. Yeah. It certainly gets people's attention. It's yeah. kind of what everyone wants to introduce me of. Maybe yeah. so, <laughs> yeah, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Larissa is here to introduce Brenda. Yeah. So I'm going to hand my mic to her. And there's been some confusion. Some people think we sound alike. I don't think we do. So just a little test right before she gives this stunning introduction. This is Christiana. And this is Larissa. There's a difference. <laughs> there is. Um, it is truly my honor to introduce Brenda today. Um, she is, I'm going to get choked up. She is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Brenda and her husband, Darren, were the first people to mentor Dan and I as a married couple. Um, she is, this sounds a little contrasting, but it perfectly describes her. She is a woman of great strength and opinion. Ooh. <laughs> but that is perfectly draped in humility. Never once in my time with Brenda and her encouragement of me has she told me what I should do, but instead listens and then helps direct me to what the Lord's leading me to. Um, she is the very first person that taught me that it's okay to ask for help. I, if you have been listening for a while, you know my oldest daughter has special needs. And when I just had her um, and was so overwhelmed by having a first child in general, because that's overwhelming, mm -hmm. yeah. and having this child that needed all this special attention, Brenda asked me to bring her over so that I could just go rest. <laughs> she told me I could take a nap. She did never considered Emmaus to be a burden. She was not scared of her seizing. She just said, what do we need to know to make you feel comfortable? And we want you to rest. It was a privilege. And coming from a mother of eight that's telling me it's okay to be overwhelmed with one, it just gave me permission to be overwhelmed. Because if a mother of eight can say, yes, one is overwhelming, it, it just it gave me so much permission. Um, Brenda is the kind of person you want on your team. She is generous, kind, and capable, and she's always willing to lend a hand. And I'm just excited for the wisdom that you'll bring to us oh, today. Mm -hmm. No pressure. I'm honored <laughs> to be here. Awesome. Wow. So, <laughs> Brenda, can you tell us a little bit about your family and your journey with having eight children? Um, well, uh, we... My oldest is 26 right now. My youngest is 11, so they're kind of close together. Mm -hmm. And um, I think one of the I, we wanted to have a lot of kids. We thought I like kids. I um, I was kind of lonely growing up, and so I wanted my kids to be 
have kids close to did age. Did you have siblings? I did, but my brother and sister are 10 and 9 years older than me. Okay. So I felt like I had extra adults, not playmates. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I guess we had eight because my kids bring so much joy. And they also have revealed how much I need God. Mm. <laughs> so... Um, I guess having so many started with an invitation from God to to be invited into greater blessing and greater joy. And but there were so many times along the way when we were like, "No, this is too much. I actually can't handle yeah. any more blessing or joy right yeah, now." Right. <laughs> this is and and I really just felt God say, "That's okay. Just take a breath, wait it out." And and then He would work on my heart a little bit of you know, actually you can. And, and so then we would have another and it was good and it was overwhelming. And Mm -hmm. like Lisa said, once one child is all consuming anyway, I mean, their kids are a lot of work and not very much sleep and, um, so much joy, but also great heartache and it's overwhelming. Just so once you're already overwhelmed with one, adding a few more just didn't seem like that big of a deal yeah (laughs) um so I mean that cycle of I guess I have more for you do you want it and I really felt like it would be okay to say no right not not that he would even be disappointed how can God be disappointed he knows everything so yeah it's that expectation and that brings disappointment so um I guess I always felt permission but it was I guess after our eighth that my husband was like I think the season's changing and um I was not up for that because my kids had brought me so much joy and and even healing and mm. brought me closer to God because I needed him so much in the <laughs> right. daily life with them and so I because was kind of afraid to change seasons but wow but God spoke to me and um and whispered the possibilities of the good things to come at the change and so so I mean that's kind of how we decided to stop at just eight but that wow. is amazing i just <laughs> love <laughs> i just love to hear mom say my parent my children bring me so much joy because mm-hmm. i just feel like there's so much negativity around yeah. having small children having babies yeah and that that chaos of that season but it's true i think all of us would agree that our children bring us joy yeah I mean, we get stuck in whatever it is we're hoping would happen, and we miss out on the joy. We, I guess, I don't pay attention to it always, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'll be reminded. I can attest to the joy because I've been to your home and I've met your kids, and <laughs> I, I told John, I was like, they're, they, they like their parents. Yeah, a little joy, a little chaos. You know, this is the thing. Like, they're glad <laughs> to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something to me that's such that's so telling about a family is when you walk into their family culture and listen, we're all people and we're all broken and we're all going to have bad days. You know what I mean? So you you can't just get a little snippet and have a full picture. But the times we've been there, it's like there's joy in this family. They're glad to be together. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, no, those are the kind of parents that I want to get to know. Like, okay, so how'd you do that? Well, and and I'm not exactly sure, (laughs) but I think, I think the, I mean, really enjoying them and letting them know but also those times that we screwed up and we screwed up big mm-hmm. and and just I guess going to our kids and saying that's not who I want to be and that's not what I want your relationship is important and 
I guess just being humble and saying, God can fix this. I, I know it's could be, it's broken right now, yeah. <laughs> whether yeah. I broke it or you broke it or life broke it. I don't even know that I can figure that part out, but, but God can fix it and he can help us. And so, I mean, I, especially with my adult children, I can say I've gone through that with all of them probably more than once, but, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that thing of he's our savior and he's mm-hmm. the hero of our story. And it's okay if I don't have it worked out and haven't done a great job always. I love that. One thing too, I was thinking is you don't fit into the box. Like when I, this is just going to sound not racist, but judgy, judgy, you meet people (laughs) and you're like, Oh yeah, you have 10 kids. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a type, whether they're really conservative or they're really hippie. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like they're, you meet people and you go, Oh sure. Yeah. You have 10 kids, you know, but I meet you and I was shocked. I was like, you've got eight kids. Like, I think there's a, there's a freshness and, uh, authenticity not that everyone I've met with 10 kids isn't authentic that's not what I'm saying right. at all mm-hmm. you guys can add this to the list of offensive things that Christiana has said <laughs> email me email, thanks. <laughs> thanks Brenda <laughs> oh, I love you um but I went no there's a there's a life and a freshness and uh I wouldn't, you know, I'd love to introduce you as the lady who's got eight kids because it's like, what? Mm. But also I I would go, you're Brenda. You know, I don't have to introduce you as the lady who has eight kids. You know what I mean? Like you haven't been consumed by Mm. that identity. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, it does seem like a stigma. I mean, I've literally had people bow down before me, like in a funny way, but it's not so funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or or just that shock. Yeah. It's. I don't know. It's my life, and it's. I don't, it doesn't seem like that big of a deal because one, they came one at a time. Two, right. guys with me and helping me, and I guess I know the struggles in it as well as the joys. But. Yeah, love it. So, what are some specific ways, if you can share with us, just that the Lord has called you to live that might be different to others around you? Well, I mean, time, we all have limited time and resources, whether it's mm. money or whatever. So, you know, like sports, my kids aren't in a bunch of different sports or even church. We can't do all the activities mm-hmm. because we can't logistically do that. Yeah. So that's an obvious thing. But um, we we don't really save for our retirement. We feel like our kids are our retirement. Mm-hmm. And so we invest our time and our money. And one of the ways that that looked for us is that, um, trying to remember, I think my oldest was 15 and my husband travels for work. And so I just wasn't sure they knew him very much because mm-hmm. it was a season when he was gone a lot. And and it was kind of scaring me, actually. And so I had been praying to God. And then um, Darren came and he loved his job. But all of a sudden, he just wasn't that satisfied with it. And he said, they have this thing called a sabbatical. What would you think of me taking a year off? They won't pay me, but they'll take me back. And I was like, "Wow, yeah. So so we literally used our savings and our retirement and wow. said, we, we want to do that. Because I want my kids to know you and I want... I want what you bring to our family, and um, I just don't want to miss out on that. And so, um, I mean, we've and we've even talked to our kids some. It's like we we're doing okay financially, and and you know we invest in vacations, and we let yeah. all of our kids, even the married ones, because we want to have a relationship with them kind of forever. Yeah. yeah. But even um, 
we may want to move in with you. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, my parents don't want that. And Darren's parents, they see that as a burden. And I, I guess I don't want to see that as a burden. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I may not be able to do a lot of things when I'm old, but I could hold your babies or I could be yeah. home or I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I guess even that's something that's, I guess people are shocked that we yeah. don't really have that retirement savings thing going. I love that, um, actually, though. I think that's old school. Well, that's how most of the, the world operates, I think. Like mm-hmm. the Eastern cultures, yeah. that's like part of their plan is yeah. you have more right. children because yeah, they'll look after you. Yeah, it's internationally. In, in our <coughs> country, it's weird, but mm-hmm. I wish I had, I don't know, I wish I had grown up and there, my grandmother had been there holding the babies. Yeah. Like me, I mean, holding me, whatever. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm like, yeah. I would have loved, I mean, yeah. we know how important multi-generational community is mm-hmm. and we just don't have that in our culture the way that we need to. Yeah. I love that you guys want to do that. Yeah. So because of that, traditions are important and we have a lot of those. And yeah. So anyway, but it, it colors what we do. I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with the... Um, the yellow canary kind of concept in Mm -hmm. mind how have you discerned where the Lord is calling you to be and where he's calling you not to be and how to really protect your heart in the midst of all of the goings on discernment's so hard I mean Mm -hmm. because if something's unpleasant or difficult I want to think oh that's God's not in it so I can stop you know yeah but um, that's not what I see in the Bible so Um, the only way I know is to kind of take the risk and walk down a road and, and kind of be in relationship with God Mm. and, and asking him what's going on. And honestly, usually what he says is simply, I'm with you. Um, I guess I'm starting to believe it's not so much his good and perfect will isn't so much what I'm doing, but how I'm doing it, Mm. that I have faith that my attitude, you know, that we want to be cheerful givers and we hear that with money, but I think I want to be a cheerful giver with my time and with mm. other things too. And mm. so that's kind of with the joy thing. If I can have joy, if I can't, then maybe I need to stop and not do this activity until I can either have God fill me with joy for that or, um, discern that that's not the thing for me. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that there's all kinds of opportunities around us and that I, I, I really do feel permission from God to say yes or no to whatever things. Um, there have been times when I feel like God's let me choose out of my passion. I got to go to India and visit a friend mm-hmm. a few times and play with kids there. And that, of course, takes a lot of time and money and it's yeah. some stress on my family. Yeah. But I also get to hold my grandchild and that doesn't take so much. So I can choose that mm-hmm. a lot more often than I can choose the India thing. But I really, really believe that God is so happy with either one. And so I guess how I mm-hmm. protect my heart is taking the time to listen to him and to hear that he loves me the same, whether I'm choosing to do something that seems like a big thing to me, like India or something that seems like a little thing, like holding my granddaughter, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't see them as big or small, that they're all offerings of love and faith and obedience. And he delights in it all and invites me to delight in them too. Mm. Oh, that was good. Yeah. (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) I love that um, it's not so much what you're doing, mm-hmm. but how you're doing that. I think that we can all chew on that for the next 
six yeah. months at least. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and I just, we need to remind ourselves because mm-hmm. I don't know, it looks cool, especially Facebook and Instagram. We see the best of the best of people's lives right. and, yeah. and I don't know, it looks fun and exciting and better, but God doesn't see it the same. His ways aren't ours. Yeah. I think we have time. I don't know, Christine, if it's okay. I know that Brenda has a couple of like life lessons. You had mentioned it the other week, yeah, like some like things. Come back to you. <laughs> you can come back to. But I, I've, I was just wondering, in the light of like looking at pursuing joy, uh-huh. how the things the Lord has deposited in you that have become like you're like this is my story. Yeah. This is my song. Yeah. How does it tie into that? I think, I mean, one of the things is that he doesn't view my weakness like I do. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he mm-hmm. delights in our weakness. It's in our weakness that he's strong. And so he looks at those things as the place where he can shine through even greater. Mm-hmm. And I guess I was sharing with you this morning, mm-hmm. I, um, I was reading about how God's glory filled the temples and right now I feel pretty broken and shattered and it's like, okay, but he's filling the temple, but how do I keep it all in? Cause it's broken. And, and I just feel like he said, you know what, if the, through the brokenness, that's where I leak out. So, mm. so if I'm broken, then the glory of God is leaking wherever I go. And that seems like a pretty good thing. Yeah. I guess in weakness is okay. It's, yeah. I, I don't know. It's the, what he, the broken and contrite spirit he's close to and he likes that. So so that's I think a life lesson for me. That's powerful. Larissa's crying. <laughs> She's on the couch. <laughs> it's so powerful because in like ten different levels it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. But as I'm thinking about chewing on this, pursuing joy, if you can come to terms with he takes pleasure in my weakness. So much of our perfectionism and our guilt or our shame related to how we see our own brokenness is yeah. dissolved in the power of his love and his delight in us. Yeah. Yeah. It's and huge. I, yeah. I think some of that, I guess another life lesson for me is that he lets me choose without condemnation. You know how yeah. I talked about, you know, I can choose to go to India or I can choose to just stay home. Yeah. And, and there really isn't condemnation in those choices. I know you guys have set under some messages that I have about the undistracted devotion and how mm-hmm. that's such a good, it's like, okay, God, but, and I did that and I loved that. And I did that before I was married. And then you gave me these distractions <laughs> right? and I like them, <laughs> but I'm distracted. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do I have distracted devotion? Mm-hmm. And, and are you as pleased with that? So, and, yeah. and I think the answer is yes. I mean, and, and there are moments of undistracted devotion for sure, but, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Wow. That was a real uh, <laughs> scripture. I think, is it David that says, give me an undivided heart? Yes. And yes. I, that was a real scripture that I carried for years as a single person. Cause I really mm-hmm. desired to be married and to have a family and all those things. And the Lord kind of, it's a whole different story, but, um, so to hear that, cause that's something that I have wrestled with in the midst sure. of the chaos and. 
I'm multitasking so often that when I have time to sit down and get into the word or to go to the prayer room or whatever, I'm like so distracted and <laughs> I feel so frustrated with myself. <laughs> um, but the idea that the Lord receives that the same, he sees our heart is really, it was, is really empowering. Yeah, um, It's very, very powerful. Yes. And even you mentioned that the Lord gave you the the option to choose every time you had another baby. Did I understand that yes, correctly? Yes, definitely. And that there was no condemnation. That's that was completely right. your choice. Because we've wrestled with that, like, are we done? Do you want us to have more? And, and there's, like, guilt. Like, right. we don't am miss. I allowed to say <laughs> no? Like, I feel yeah. so, my arms feel really full right now. But um, to know that either way, he knows and he understands and that there isn't condemnation. Right. That is, is very empowering. Yeah, I think, I think so. I mean... That's why I guess the message that he's with us, you know, he, and he's with me when I choose because, uh, you know, sometimes I choose sin or just I choose distraction because mm. I don't want to go to him in my pain or whatever. I just want to read this book and escape. But right. I mean, even in those, he's with me. I, so, I mean, that's that's helpful to me that it's not so it's not my. It's not up to me to be this great follower or this undistracted. Mm -hmm. It's up to him to lead me and and me to try to pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> Could you talk a little bit about finding joy in in everything? So as opposed to you said it's not about what you're doing but how you're doing it. So mm -hmm. I often feel like I have to have time where my husband has the kids and go to a coffee shop or do something that's going to fill me up how can I yeah do you have any tips and tricks about <laughs> in the midst of caring for your kids and cleaning your house and doing those things that you find mm. joy you access right. that I think for me it is just that fixing my eyes on him because I mean with my husband traveling there were lots of times when I need you God and I can't yeah. get away I, do, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't physically figure this out. And so can you come to me where I am? And can you bring me joy? And can you break through my distractions? And I mean, and there are times when I've locked myself in the bathroom, you know, and, <laughs> and, it's, like, and it's really that moment of help, you know, <laughs> that this is the time I have. This is yeah. what I have. But, but looking back and seeing him come through in those times, I think... You know, it, it was. It was a sacrifice of joy for that moment. It was me turning to him, looking to him, and I guess just that it was enough. Sometimes I feel like I'm not enough. Mm -hmm. But if I take the time to listen, I think he says that I am. So yeah. that helps me. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So our last question, I feel like there's many, many more things that we could talk about but um yeah. what would you say to the women or to the moms who are trying to serve God like do this big important thing that perhaps they've created in their minds or there's mm -hmm. a big need that's right in front of them and they're sure. also trying to take care of their family and themselves and they're overwhelmed and they're trying yeah. to figure out you know what what to do next and what's really the Lord calling them to do yeah um well, I guess first I would just want to say that caring for our families is serving God yeah. and it is enough mm -hmm. and it's okay if you've embraced that as enough. Um, I haven't always felt like it was enough and I, and I think some of that is God calling me to some other things. So mm -hmm. if God's calling you to something else, that's good too. But I would just say relax. You're 
not going to get it right the first time, yeah. the 40th time. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's we just are human and we're not capable of getting it all right. And I think God likes that tension of this family's important, but this work of God's important. And so we have to look to him and we have to seek him and we have to wrestle with him over those things. And I don't know, that's sometimes where I see him come through and that's where the miraculous comes through. Like you see God being cared for when you're doing this other thing and you were afraid that your kids would feel left out Mm. or like, I mean, for us, just, I see my kids following in some of the footsteps that I can't do anymore. We used Mm. to lead these inner city camps and my 22 year old daughter has like one year she took over and she's like, mom, could you just stay home? Because well, how, they'll look to me and I, I think it's my turn, you know, right. which was, and that was so great because honestly, I'm not cool anymore. And I was tired <laughs> following all these 13 right. year olds. So I was like, yes, I can do that. But I guess, so, I mean, sometimes it's okay when we're not enough and it's someone else's turn. Yeah. Um, so So if you leave gaps, God will fill them. And that might be an opportunity for someone else, whether it's in your kid's life or that ministry's life. So I guess I just would want to speak grace and grace and grace and, um, and that Jesus is the hero in this. Mm. So if we we mess up, that's okay. It gives him time to come in with redemption and grace and restoration and, and that's when the people around us see. They don't see when, wow, you are awesome and you did such a great job and you are amazing. Mm-hmm. That, that's kind of yucky. But hmm. when we leave that space, then that's when he can. They come in and say, "Wow, that that was bigger than you could do." You know. So, and that's when you can kind of say, "Yeah." yeah. That's such an amazing picture of your daughter kind of stepping in and taking that on and taking that off your hands. Like, yeah. That's yeah. the dream. It is. <laughs> I know. <Yes. laughs> yeah. It is the dream. My mom said something the last time she was here where she said, you know, when I was young, I had all these passions or things that I was doing. And now I have these kids and she watches each of us pursue like different things that she loves too. And she said, I feel like in some ways I am doing it and I'm cheering you on. Mm. And I still, it's, it's like that we're carrying on things that were in her heart. Yeah. Yeah. And you probably do it better. I mean, that's what I see. It's like my daughter does it better. And, and I, I feel a part of that, you know, cause I did yeah. my best and she got to kind of stand on my shoulders and, yeah. and so, but it's, and it's great to see her shine in that. That I gives me that. great hope hearing those stories. My <laughs> kids are little. <laughs> me too. And full of passion and intensity and, you know, so gifted. But just, f- it feels like they're just in 10 different directions and I can't yeah. keep my head on straight. So um, seeing that potential in them but not seeing any of the fruit of it, mm-hmm. um, it's exciting to s- to hear stories about how you've wrestled through those things and you've struggled through this season and now you're starting to see that fruit and it's still yeah. a joy and it's it all is. worth it. It is worth it. It is so worth it. Just say that a couple more times. <laughs> yeah. It is worth it. <laughs> you know, all the lack of sleep and the, mm. I don't know, the frustration over not having enough hands and time to do mm-hmm. what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else on your heart, Brenda? Another kind of thing that's important to us is that missional thing. Darren and I met on a mm. 
trip in Guatemala. And so uh, being focused on other cultures and sharing God with others, that's been an important thing. And so I guess Mm -hmm. that's influenced. And I mean, that's one thing where we've had to wrestle with time of, Mm -hmm. and just do I reach out to these kids when my kids have needs and how do I do all of that? So, but that's forced us to look closer, you know, to my neighbors as mission or Mm. even, you know, different refugees here in the city. There's lots of different ones and, and we've been involved in um, different ministries with that. And, and even watch our kids watching us wrestle with that. I mean, they have a heart for the other cultures too and, and have got to go to different places and um, been influenced by our struggle with, you know, how do we balance the family that we've been given with the needs of so many, but Mm -hmm. so that's been a life thing for us. Do you feel like having them exposed to other cultures and even like poverty and issues that we don't see here has shaped their character and their development, has shifted their worldview? I think it has definitely. I mean, just even watching them be comfortable. We went to a Congolese church a couple weeks ago because um, just some friends had said how they're feeling really nervous with some of the policies that Trump has and some of the Mm, statements that they see in the media and just, you know, do people hate us and will they kick us out any moment? And so, um, so we went with some other people to this church and they were so welcoming. And I mean, it was like we were honored guests and it was Mm. really sweet, but my kids got Mm -hmm. to see that and see that, I mean, it's, they do church like they would in the Congo, everything. I mean, it was in Swahili and, and so in some ways you don't have to go very far. Mm-hmm. to yeah. experience that completely different life. I mean, they wow. eat different foods than we eat. They wear different clothes. They speak a different language. And and so, I mean, just my kids seeing that up close is, I think, does influence them. Yeah. And it makes them more, I don't know, that we're all alike in so many ways, mm-hmm. but we are unique and different. Yeah. That's awesome. fantastic. Yeah. I really want... We have a heart with our kids to say, hey, let's go down to the soup kitchen or let's go to this other church or let's go to this place just to have. I think that your kids are comfortable going into that situation is fantastic. Like you did something right, you know, and they're older now. I don't know that they would have been comfortable younger. And, And there are times, I mean, just things are done differently we were in the inner city and I had this tiny baby and this little girl wants to hold it and the next thing I know she's running away with my baby I'm like, oh my where gosh. are you going she goes my I want my aunt to see this cute baby it's like no 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 the baby stays here you know just so I don't know I mean it's and, and it has been noisy and my kids haven't always liked the places that we've taken yeah. them but even even that that I don't know it's okay to be uncomfortable and to yeah not like the things that are different and I don't know that I feel like that's been a growing experience even when it's been hard and maybe none of us liked it (laughs) but we thought it was a great idea we felt like God was calling us there there. and (laughs) we tried it yeah yeah (laughs) so I love that it's awesome yeah I think that's so important because even for myself it's like we we're told that you need to be comfortable, you know, you need to be in an environment where you feel safe or you feel whatever, whatever. Well, actually, it's probably really good for us to go outside of our comfort zone and connect with things that are different mm-hmm. to us. And it grows us and our children. 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And it's very humbling. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, just mm. it's humbling how graciously you're received and how mm. I think I hope that I'm that gracious when people, strange people come to me. I hope that I am that welcoming and honoring and yeah. yeah. And honestly, I'm pretty convicted because I don't think I am. Hmm. I like my comfortable places. Mm-hmm. So, mm. growing spots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Well, thank you so much sure, for sharing your pleasure. heart and your wisdom. We really appreciate it. That's been delightful. Yes, it has. And our next podcast coming up, we have Kim Specker. Christiana, do you want to introduce her just a little bit? Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, maybe you could. I could introduce you. Why yeah, don't you please, introduce her, Brenda? Do, please. I would love that. Oh, Kim is delightful. We got to know her and um, be with them leading a small group at a church several years ago. And just she has such a heart to bring joy and to um, see healing in people and to help them grow up in the faith. And I actually don't know her very well, but I love her so much. And I'm excited to hear the podcast and to hear more of her wisdom because I've enjoyed every moment I've spent with her. Perfect. There you go. That was perfect. Stay tuned. (laughs) Awesome. Well, bless you. We'll see you later. Bye, guys.